Well, uh, it's good to be in worship with you again. My name is John Keck, and I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, Today I'm going to be leading us as we dig into scripture, but before we do, I want to ask you this question. What sort of things would you like to pass on to the people that matter most to you? At the end of your life, if you were to look back over it, what would you say, what do you think you would say would be what matters most? What would you want to pass on to your family and friends? What would you want the people that matter most to you to inherit? Now, you're probably assuming with a big question like that to start off, that you're probably, this this service might be a little bit heavier, this portion of it. So I just want to kind of, let's just kind of prepare for that. This is going to require us to do a little bit of thinking, a little bit of soul searching, okay? A few weeks ago, uh, I came across a story which, surprisingly enough, was about a Bible. Now, uh, this family was basically coming at a crossroads, whether they were going to keep this Bible or whether they were going to sell it. Now, you probably assume if they're making a a decision as a family about this that it's probably a pretty important Bible, right? This Bible belonged to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And it was his traveling Bible. And I imagine if you pick it up, it probably would look like just about any other Bible that you would see. It wouldn't seem too particularly different. But if... I were to pick this up, I, would, I think I would get a little bit nostalgic. You know what I mean? That I would recall those incredible speeches and sermons that took place with this Bible in his hand. How with this Bible in his hand, with this, this, this sort of experience with this book, so much of the world changed with this little book in his hand. Something like this wouldn't, you wouldn't really be able to calculate the value for that, would you? But not only does it have incredible historical value by it being associated with him, but also uh, I discovered that this, was, uh, this Bible was used for, uh, the, for us, the swearing in of our nation's very first black president. It was one of those that was used in that ceremony. Just an incredible sort of historical value all through and through. You can't put a price tag on that. And I began to think about this question. I began to ask uh, some of my family members, my mom and grandma particularly, um, what sort of things, what sort of things do you have that that you would want to keep, that you would want to pass on? You know, in our lives, we get a lot of different stuff, right? There's a lot of things that comes into our hands and there's some of it that we want to keep and there's some of it that we want to get rid of because it's not really that much uh, of that much value. What sort of things are worth keeping and passing on? And I figured that my mom and grandma would have said something like they would have pointed to an antique or something that was worth a whole lot of money, right? These are the sort of things that you want to pass on. But instead, my mom showed me a couple of photo albums that, uh, that my grandpa had had. Now, I have to tell you, uh, my grandpa kind of had a reputation of being a little bit of a hard man. He was, uh, you know, he wasn't warm and, and cuddly. He was, he was kind of a prickly pear, okay? Um, but you would never have guessed that, um, that his family was something that, that was really valuable to him in the way of our interactions and that sort of thing. And yet this man had compiled 
all of these precious family moments that he had over the years. We would have never known that he had compiled something like this. But at the end of his life, uh, his wife passed this off to my mom and she opened it up and she was shocked to discover that so much of her life and our family's life was so important to him and we would have never known it if he hadn't put this together, if he hadn't compiled it. And so suddenly this mattered a whole lot to my mom. Now my grandma uh, pointed to this pillow when I asked her about this, and this says, a sister is a forever friend. She gave this to her sister over 20 years ago, and I bet at the time, you know, it had a little bit of sentimental value and that sort of thing. But over this past fall and winter, uh, she lost her sister and this transitioned into her hands again. And suddenly that statement, this pillow, suddenly had a whole new meaning. It had a whole new value to her. What is really important to you? What are those things in life that are so important that you must pass on? What is so important that it must continue on after you? I think that was a question that sat with the Apostle Paul throughout much of his life. In the letter that we're going to be looking at today, he was actually towards the very end of his life. And I think he began to focus on that and to think on that a little bit more than he had at other times. This week, we're concluding our series, All In. We began by considering covenant relationships and the importance of membership in this series. And last week, we were challenged to live out the mission of the church, to make disciples by growing and serving together. This week, we're going to challenge you to go all in at the very deepest level of relationship with one other person. We see this in the relationship of Paul and Timothy. Paul was one of the most well-known missionaries of the early church. And after his conversion, every ounce of his life was spent spreading the gospel wherever he could, spending time sharing the good news of salvation through Christ and establishing churches. Along the way, there were some people that Paul became very close to throughout that time. One of those is Timothy. In the letter we're going to look at today, he calls Timothy his dear son. He traveled with Timothy and invested in him. And I can picture Paul on his first missionary journey as he met Timothy, as he shared the gospel with him. He shared his faith as he began to come along and travel with him. And as Paul began to see him take and move in his footsteps to become a missionary as well, I can imagine how they would stay up and they would have those late night conversations by candlelight. And Paul would continue to invest in him. I'm sure that it was probably about as close as a father and son relationship could be. I can picture them just talking there. Uh, Paul, hey, Timothy, you know, sometimes we go places and it seems like people just don't seem to be picking up on our teaching, that it, that it just seems to fall on deaf, ear, deaf ears. But I want to encourage you to stick with it. You may be surprised what God can do with your faithfulness. Don't lose courage, persist, continue on. Or I can imagine Timothy asking a question like this, Paul, 
I know it's all great while you're here and I can kind of, uh, I can bounce off of you and I can follow your lead, but what about when you're not here? What about when I'm out here on my own and things seem to get really hard? What do I do then? I bet they had some long conversations about that, deep questions as well as some of the more mundane things of life, just the routine sort of things. Paul was investing in Timothy to carry on his work, to carry on the gospel that he had inherited. Paul is now at the end of his life and he's calling Timothy to come to him, to see the person that has become so precious to him that he calls his son. Paul wants him to come to him while he's in prison. He doesn't know what the outcome's going to be. For Paul, at the very end of his life, the most valuable thing that he had to hand off was his faith. The faith that had been passed on to him. The faith that he had embraced himself, that he had made his own. There was absolutely nothing that was more valuable to Paul. And he wanted Timothy to handle it well, to care for it, to pass it on. Don't let this end with you is the message that Paul seems to be hammering into Timothy. Paul tells us the most valuable thing that you can pass on is the faith. Now, as we prepare to get into scripture, let's pray together, shall we? Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, your incredible grace that, um, that we can come and experience you and know you, that you've revealed yourself in scripture, that we can gather together as your, uh, your united people, your community to come to your word. May you speak to us this day by your spirit as we open up the word, as we read, uh, as we read, as we listen, as we engage in this somewhat holy conversation Uh, May you be known, may you be seen, and may you guide the path for us. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Uh, we're gonna be in 2 Timothy, so you can go ahead and get your Bibles out. If uh, you don't have your Bible with you, you'll see that there is uh, a Bible there in the pew rack in front of you. You can see the page numbers to follow along there um, if you would so need that. And as always, if you don't have a Bible, you're welcome to take that Bible with you. A few of them end up gone every week and we're, we're always happy about that. Someone's going home and hopefully digging into scripture that hadn't before. Second Timothy 1, 13 and 14. Now I'll tell you, we're gonna be looking at a few other passages in Second Timothy as well. I'll have the rest of those on the screen, but if you want, you, could, you should be able to follow along as well. Second Timothy 1, 13 and 14. Paul says these words. He says, I hear some pages flipping still. (laughs) What you have heard from me Keep is the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Oh, 113, 14. I'm about to read the other passage here in just a minute. Uh, so here we go. 
No, that was, that was right. What you have heard from me, keep as a pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Paul tells Timothy to take what you have learned from me and to protect it. He says, I trusted you with this, so take care of it with God's help. So what is this good deposit that Paul begins with with Timothy? What is it that Paul has entrusted Timothy with? In what seems like just a passing comment, Timothy says, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who believe in him and have received and re- receive eternal life. So here uh, we see that God has entrusted to Paul and Paul has entrusted to Timothy this precious truth that can change an individual's world. Jesus has come. Jesus has died in our place so that we can know and experience a relationship with God. As undeserving as we are, God loves us so much that he was willing in Jesus Christ to suffer for us and experience the death that we deserve for our sins, for our mistakes. God has come into the world and has given us the opportunity to experience his presence forever his acceptance, and eternal life with him. Through Jesus Christ, we have victory over death. This is the gift that God has given. This is what Paul has handed off to Timothy and what Paul wants him to protect with his life. There is nothing in this world as valuable as what Paul has given to Timothy. He has given him the means to eternal life. There is nothing more valuable than this. But Paul didn't just write a note and send it off to Timothy, and that was the end. Paul demonstrated through the way he lived his life that Timothy could trust his teachings. Timothy lived with him. He traveled with him. He learned under his tutelage. He learned what this life of ministry that he had committed himself to could possibly look like lived out. Paul told Timothy, you know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, the persecutions I endure. Paul encourages Timothy to continue in what you have learned and become convinced of because you know those from whom you have learned it. Paul is not a man who simply says one thing and does another. Paul showed throughout his life clearly that he was committed to the faith that was entrusted to him. Paul's faith and his life lined up. Paul told Timothy, you know me. You know that you can trust my message because you have seen my life. You know I'm the real deal because you have seen it lived out day in and day out over years of life together. 
I want you to maybe take a moment and just consider who has been an example for you in the faith? Who has walked the walk for you? Who has been an example to you? Uh, Recently on my Facebook page, I asked some of you who were influential mentors in the faith for you? And many people began by just giving names at first, but then they started to share stories of people who were those examples for them. One woman shared that her husband takes the time to teach their family all about how scripture points to Jesus. Another shared how she wasn't able to attend the women's Bible study when it first got started up here. And how a couple of ladies met with her for lunch to do the study together. This ingrained in her a deep love of scripture that continues on to this day after many years. There were a number that shared that a church staff member, a pastor, or a ministry team leader was influential in getting them grounded. It is so important to see the gospel lived out. It's so important for it to, us to see the gospel genuinely lived out in real life, in real time. For me, some of the most influential mentors were people that I was able to get close to and saw firsthand that their lives were legit. I can think of one ministry leader in particular where I was able to meet with his family We roomed together on a couple of trips. We had meals together. We had conversations about the values that they shared and how they they sought to live them out. I saw him both at work and at play. I got to see him get up early in the morning while I was still just rubbing the sleep out of my eyes where he he had spent time in scripture and prayerful reading with the Lord. Some of these mentors that I had demonstrated an incredible reverence for God and a personal holiness that had an experience with God just written all over it. These are the type of people that I wanna hang out with. These are the type of people that I wanna model my life after. These are the type of people that I want to become. The type of person that doesn't just claim to follow Jesus but you can see it written all over them. You can see it all over their life consistently. As I think about this, as I consider those times and those mentors, I'm reminded that we are all Timothys. We are all Timothys who need a Paul. Aren't we? Don't we all need a mentor? Don't we all need someone to provide a good example for us? Don't we all need someone that's walked the path ahead of us so that we can learn from them to to know what pitfalls to avoid, which roads to head down, which ones we should probably avoid? What are the best routes to take? Each one of us is a Timothy. Each one of us needs a Paul. Each of us is a Timothy that needs a Paul. Now, I have to tell you, that to find a person like this is not something that just tends to fall in our lap either. In order to find a person like this, uh, I know that each person that I've described here, they had to pursue that relationship. They had to seek out to find that. They had to have some conversations in order to get those things started and moving. We are people who are unfinished. 
And we need someone or someones to come alongside of us to help us to become what we could never be on our own. This is true growing in our faith and you know that it's true in all aspects of life. I mean, there's not a job you go to without some sort of training. We need some help along the way to help us grow and become what we can't, what we can't be on our own. We need people to help us reach our potential. But also, sometimes we need to be reminded, on the other hand, that it's not all about me. It's not all about, insert your name here. It's not all about John or Betty or Phil or Susan. It's about something bigger than all of us. It's about Christ and his kingdom. It's about the people that God loves. It's about something bigger than all of us. We are all Timothys who need a Paul. But we are also, in some ways, Pauls who need a Timothy. We need someone to pass this off to. We need someone to invest in as we have been invested in. Now, I know you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We are not finished. We all have a long way to go. But that doesn't mean that you can't be a Paul to someone because you're further ahead than someone else. Commit to be a, being a person like that. Commit to being a Paul, a person that invests in others for the glory of God. Commit to being a Paul to someone now, just like the relationship of a, of, a, of a Paul to a Timothy, both ways, this is something that requires some investment. It takes some time. It'll take some effort in order to get this sort of thing started. It will not fall in our laps. So let's pursue that. But regardless of whether we're a Paul, whether we're a Timothy, let's not ever stop being in the role of the learner, the role that Timothy was initially in. Let's also commit to being a Paul and passing it on, passing on what we've learned in our experiences. Pass it on so that God's work would continue to go forward. Not that it would have to start all over anew, but that it would continue on from where we left off. Let's do like Paul and pass it on. 2 Timothy 2 uh, says this. It says, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Paul is encouraging Timothy to pass it on. Pass on what you have received from me in such a way that they will be able to continue to carry it on both after both of us are long gone. That they'll be able to carry on what they have inherited from Paul to Timothy onto the next generation and so on and so on down to, all, down to us and to those that will come after us. Now the word uh, here, entrusted, in the original language is the very same word used in Luke for Jesus' last words on the cross. Uh, when Jesus says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. What he's saying is, here is, Father, into your hands, I entrust my spirit. I am trusting you with this. I've handed it over to you. Paul told Timothy, before you leave these people and come to me, remember, 
I entrusted you with this. Be sure that you pass this on to people you can trust and be sure that they know it so well that they can teach others. It's more than dad handing over the keys to the car. Yeah, it's valuable, but it's not all I've got. For Paul, this is all I've got. This is everything that I have that I'm handing over to you. It's the most valuable thing that I can possibly give to you. Take care of this. This is too important to drop the ball on. Paul told Timothy, I want you to come in a hurry. I want you to come to me now. I don't know how much time I've got left. My time is short. But this is your top priority. This is your top priority. Before you get on the boat, you need to pass this on. You need to invest this deeply in others. Be sure all of that is together first. Invest what it means to be God's people. Invest in them the things like the good news that Jesus died so that every person could experience eternal life through him. Let people know God loves them and will be with them through the hard times and the really sweet times of life. Paul tells Timothy, be sure that the fire that we carefully kindle and got started going doesn't burn out. Make sure that the people there can continue to fan it into flame. May the faith, may the gospel, may what I have entrusted you with spread like wildfire. The faith that I have entrusted you with is so incredibly valuable, you cannot just let this fizzle out. Keep this fire burning. Give them the tools to help it keep going long after you're gone. Paul says, I have shown you that I am committed to this with my life. I've sought to live my life consistent with this to the absolute best of my abilities. Make sure that it carries on. I need you to be sure that you pass this on and those that you pass it on to take care to share it. That they know it so well that they won't just mess it up, that they will continue on to see that what we have begun endures, that it stays true to what God has shown us, that it doesn't end with us, that it doesn't just putter out. We are all Paul's who need a Timothy. You are a Paul who needs a Timothy. You need someone to pass this on to. Not too long ago, I came across a story of a woman named Kristen. Now, I think Kristen, you know, had a heart a lot like Paul's. I think she wanted to be like Paul. Kristen uh, was a volunteer small group leader for a group of high school girls at her church. And she had seen a couple of 12th grade groups uh, graduate. Uh, she would build relationships with them from ninth grade to the 12th grade. She would invest in them uh, for over those four years of high school. But she didn't like that graduation from high school seemed to become graduation from, from church as well in her uh, previous group. So rather than just start a new group of ninth grade girls, she decided that she was going to commit to an extra year with these girls and, and see them through to this next stage of life. Some of these girls stayed home and got jobs in the area. Others went to local colleges. Some spread to universities all throughout the country, just like you would expect. 
Although they no longer met weekly, Kristen tried to find ways to stay connected with them, like visiting them uh, at their new locations. Uh, And um, she would send messages to them on Facebook. She would encourage them. She just wanted to stay connected. And when they came home on holidays, she would have, uh, you know, she would just get together with them uh, for coffee or over dinner. They even got together and had a reunion sleepover. It was the best attended group that that the group had had in five years. Now, part of her commitment to these girls was also to ask them to develop a support system in their new location. Kristen didn't want to just hold on to them. She wanted to invest in them through this new crucial step, this new crucial transition in their faith journeys. So she went and she checked out the campus ministries with them. She regularly checked in to get a feel with these students to see whether they were making connections with the leadership there. For those that were nearby, she was able to connect them with service opportunities. She was able to, conter- able to encourage them to connect with other young adults their age. And, you know, each one of these girls was in their own unique stage uh, in their levels of commitment and required different sort of uh, things from their relationship. She experienced that with many of the girls, their relationship and the conversations they had went much deeper than they ever did in high school. What she had invested with them over those years continued to bear fruit even more so as she continued on with them. She came to the conclusion that there is a critical need throughout this life stage. And for her, it was important to see through this investment that she had made, that God had made through her onto this next stage of development. And she felt that during these major life transitions that these young women needed help navigating these new and very different stages of life. Let me ask you this. What's your story going to be? What's your story going to be? Do you need to be a Christian to someone? Are you a person in the role of Paul for someone? Will that be your story? Will you be in the role of the mentor, the guide for them? If you need to take a step to be a Paul today, before you go, I want you to write down a name. You probably know someone in your life that could probably really benefit from that. It's probably not a big stretch for you. But regardless, I want you to take some time, write down that name, consider prayerfully over the next week, God, how can I step into this mentor role? Who is it that you want me to pass this faith on to? Because like I said, it's not something that's just gonna fall in your lap. It's gonna be something that you have to to pursue. It It will take some work, but I have to tell you that this will be so worth it. It's worth the investment. Think about this. Weren't you worth the investment? Weren't you worth the investment? I think we would all agree that for us, that it meant so much, that it means so much, or that we need it so much. Or maybe you feel like you are just a freshman walking onto a new campus. You feel like you don't have a clue where to go in this next stage of your faith development. You're a Timothy, but you can't be that Timothy without a Paul. You are in this learner role and need this to be modeled for you for a while before you could really 
really imagine yourself taking someone under your wing. Uh, but don't stay here. This, is, this may be where you need to be for this stage, but eventually you'll be stepping into that, that Paul role for someone. But right now, do you primarily need a Paul? Do you need a mentor because you're in that, that role where you just you need someone to guide you along the way? If you need to take a step to move forward as a Timothy, who could you talk to about stepping into that role of mentor for you? Who do you look up to possibly as an example, a mentor? You see potential in that. Who could fill that mentor role for you as formal or as informal as that needs to be? This week, have some conversations with the Lord about that. Who could this person be that you may have the courage to even ask? Start having some conversations with that Paul figure, that mentor figure, because it probably just won't happen on its own. In some ways, I'm sure you probably thought about as you're sitting here that you're probably gonna be in both of these roles in some way throughout most of your life. In some ways, someone is gonna be ahead of you and in some ways you're gonna be ahead of someone else. But which role is most important for you to focus in on for this season of your life? Regardless of where we, at, where, where we are at, we need to commit we need to commit to making some positive steps forward so that we can pass on what is of most value to us. Consider that question again that I started off with this morning. What is it that's so incredibly important to you that you simply must pass on? I know I gave you the answer that Paul had. I'm sure that I've shown my cards as to what I think that is what the most important thing that I believe that we can pass on is our faith, what we've experienced there. What is the most important thing that you have, the most valuable thing that you have to pass on? Now, you probably have your own items like a Bible or photo albums or a pillow that mean a whole lot to you, that you couldn't put a price tag on their value, that they have an incredible amount of sentimental value that they mean a whole lot to you. But we all know that these things are, when it comes down to it, just temporary. They're not gonna go on forever. Eventually, the pillow will fall apart. Those photos, as much care as we take for them, eventually will fade away. Yet we have something that has eternal value. Something of eternal value to pass on. So let's go all in. Let's go all in as God's people by committing to go in deep with one other person and pass on what we have received that's of most value, the means to God's presence, the means to eternal life, the means to experiencing God's community. And ultimately, we look forward to that hope of the transformation of the world. That may mean absolutely everything to someone, probably to some people that are very close to you. I wanna encourage you to pass it on. You don't have to wait until your deathbed to pass it on. You can go all in this week, you can begin to take steps to fulfill in that role of a mentor, to be mentored by someone. 
Commit to investing in those people now. Commit to passing it on. Commit to sharing what you have been entrusted with. Grow in it yourself and commit to passing it on. 